This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Welcome back to This is Joy and Claire. This week on the show, Claire and I talked to Gina DeVee. We met Gina through Scouts Agency. Again, that's an agency that we've been working with over the past two years to promote more females on podcasts. And when I read Gina's bio, I was like, oh, I think we're going to get along really well. The other thing is that You know, Claire and I have talked about manifesting before or spiritual practices before, kind of like how you incorporate that into your life. I've really dabbled in the manifesting world, you know, when The Secret came out and that was like really big, that kind of blew my mind. And then I had a boss that was really into manifesting and I learned so much from her. And I kind of like weave in and out of it in my life, um, kind of depending on like what mood that I'm in, because sometimes I can just really annoy myself when I get too much into it. Everyone's different, of course, but you know, when I saw Gina's bio, I was like, I really want to talk to her because I need to, I need to learn more. And one of my goals right now is sometimes I get into this rut where I think that I know enough about a subject that I don't need to learn more. Not that I think I know it all, but just I'll be like, oh, I've heard so much about this before. Like, there's not much else I can find out. There's not much else I can gain from it. And I just find myself kind of dismissing things when in reality, I'm like, actually, I need to dig in deeper and I need to be open and I want to learn more. So that's kind of my focus. My life goal right now is to learn more about myself, learn more about topics that I think I know a lot about already, because there's always more that I can gain from something. So that was my attitude going into this discussion with Gina. And especially because Claire and I, we kind of like tongue in cheek joke sometimes about like woo woo stuff, but Gina is just so funny. I think you guys will love this conversation. And not only that, it just kind of like really touches on like whatever works for you. And there's just no one way to do anything, which is always our mission is to never preach that there's a one way of doing thing, doing things. Um, That's kind of a red flag for any situation. But at the end of this episode, it really inspired me to open my mind more and to dream bigger uh, and just to kind of evaluate where I'm at in my life and how I want things to go and be a little more intentional around that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with just at least reevaluating where you are and opening your mind to things. So Gina is the creator of divineliving.com. You can find out all about her on the website. We've also linked her website in the show notes, and she has a book out called The Audacity to be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. We laughed a lot in this episode, and I hope you enjoy it. I think it will be a conversation like you've never heard before. So here we go with the episode with Gina DeVee. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to talk to you. I was like, I was telling Claire before we uh, started recording, I was like, I have so many questions and I hope they're not like bad questions, but I I, I take it like you wouldn't take anything as a bad question. Do you both have a copy of my book? No. Oh, well, we got to get, so make sure, can you send me your addresses and then I'll get you a signed copy. I want to make sure that you- Thank you. Yes, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be really cool. So I saw in your bio too, that you were a psychotherapist at one point in your career. Mm-hmm. So what, and I'm a therapist by trade. That's what I do 40 hours a week. So what made you think like, okay, I'm done with that piece. And I want to become this amazing entrepreneur building this huge business. What was that shift like? Yeah. Are we started? Is this the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So yeah. <laughs> We're rolling. I got it. Great. Um, such a great question. So I have su- I have a, do have a master's degree in clinical psychology, and I worked with families, children, teens, and adults, dual diagnosis, um, eating disorders, addictions, you know, kind of like as a young therapist, they tend to, I don't know why, like just give you everything in the kitchen sink. Um, which is great because you kind of learn what you love to work with. And also like, really, because I just graduated 10 minutes ago, people like, um, I read about schizoid disorder, but I'm not really exactly sure what I'm doing. Anyways, it is the, it is that start that I am so grateful for that having that foundation, you know, coaching is an unregulated field and that, you know, anybody can legit just call themselves a coach I am such a lover of transformation that there's just a real powerful piece that bridges to me psychology and coaching. Now, to answer your question, you know, every industry has its strengths and its drawbacks. And there were, you know, this was back in what the late 90s, early 2000s. And there there were a number of drawbacks that for me just became deal breakers. Um, One of them was... (laughs) finances in no particular order. Um, You know, it's like, you know, an insurance company was going to dictate how much they were going to pay me and I wasn't going to get paid for 90 days if I even did get paid, you know, or even the marketing that I was doing, if I was outside of someone's network, then, you know, I did all that marketing for nothing. So the, you know, I didn't get into psychology for a business model, like give me some credit. If I really wanted to be wealthy, I would have done like, you know, commercial real estate or or something, but (laughs) did have a desire to live a great life always. And so the financially, it, it was it was a real struggle, like between having my heartstrings pulled for people's personal stories and then doing sliding scale rates to ensure the, so that whole thing. But the, there were a um, couple deal breakers for me. One was I was working with a teen. He was fine, feisty, but fine. And he didn't want to go home with his parents. So he pulled the S card at like three minutes before the session ended, as in suicide card for everyone else. And so I was legally obligated to, you know, admit him into a mental health facility that I did not believe was the best outcome for him. More trauma happened as a result. And so that was something that I wasn't in alignment with. And then the other one was like, I was really excited to help people not just get out of the gutter emotionally, but to live an amazing life. And so we would do the work like, but like, again, the insurance companies or even the field of psychology is like, well, see you next Monday at four. Well, what happens when like in two hours, I'm like a hot mess express. And I could just see the, the, I didn't have the words at the time coaching. I could realize like, if they just did three hours with me, we would like be a lot further ahead. Or if we did like a one day intensive so I started doing that with some of my cash clients where that was allowed. And so I think that there were just certain restrictions to the level of transformation that I knew I could get someone in a fairly short period of time. And that were legit kind of more coaching in terms of ideation, you know, for mm-hmm. anyone else, you know, counseling and therapy is really taking your life and looking into the past and, and making connections and getting awarenesses and breakthroughs, which are sometimes absolutely necessary. Right. Yeah. And Coaching is about taking where you're at and and looking forward. So I think that the combination of all of that is what led me into coaching. Yeah. And I think it's really important to know, and I'm sure you felt this way, I'm going to assume that 
especially, I know this is in a lot of fields, I'm just speaking for the behavioral health field is we're kind of like the, I don't know, martyrs, the right word, but you kind of have this, this complex of like, well, I'll just, I'm not really in it for the money because we're helping people. Mm -hmm. So there's this like, you feel bad if you want to make money in that field, because that's not a field that you're, you know, you can't ask for money if you're in a helping profession. I'm sure teachers feel that way. I'm sure nurses feel that way. You know, like, I'm sure like, yeah. And so it's really, I wanted to talk a little bit about that too, because I think that's what keeps a lot, I'm speaking for myself. And a lot of the questions I'm going to ask you today are like selfish. therapists worldwide. (laughs) Yeah. Selfishly about myself, because I'm like, might as well just give you like personal examples of just being like, well, I can't or whatever, believe that it's wrong to make too much money in this field, because you're supposed to be a helper. So how did you kind of get through that? I got the best answer for you. Okay, great. (laughs) So I was so I was uh, working at, at a clinic, but it's also a Christian counseling clinic. So just just shelf do gooder want to help people heartstring pull people in need add Christianity on top of it. So I'm a Christian and I'm, I can say all this and I'm Italian. I'll make fun of Sicilians in a minute. So just wait, everyone. (laughs) So um, I was like, I had, you know, bought the, you know, drank the Kool-Aid. I was like there to help people and you need a sliding scale rate. And like, oh, you can't, this is how bad I was. People would call the clinic and be like, how much do you charge? A hundred dollars. But if you don't have insurance and if you can't afford that, no worry. I do sliding scale rates. How about 50? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, like maybe just in shock because it was so little. And if they would even just not say anything or 35, like 20, like it was like, that was me completely. It's kind of like when people have something for sale and they're like $2,000 or best offer. I'm like, so you're basically (laughs) saying you don't want $2,000. 10 bucks. Okay. So here's what happened. So I was like, so obsessed with helping people transform their lives. And I was doing a lot of marriage counseling at the time. And people with, you know, in really challenging places in their marriage would come in. And usually, you know, it's kind of like the doctor. By the time you get to marriage counseling, at least in the 90s, like you, you waited a hot minute. You, you, you waited for like some serious level of, you know, destruction to the relationship. So people would come in on their last leg, their last wing in a prayer, just probably justifying their impending, you know, impending divorce. They're like, well, we'll give this a shot. And so they'll come in and they're like, well, we don't really have a lot of money for counseling. No problem. Like, let's do this. They would come with like a gallon size worth of trauma and problems in their Dixie cup size 50 minute session with me. Be like, fix it. And I'd be like, let's try. And so I put all this effort and all this love and all this like, we can do it and let's figure this out. And then they, after their like maybe third session, they'll be like, we don't, you know, this isn't working. Meaning like our marriage isn't repaired in three sessions. Um, We don't really have the money for more counseling. And every single time, each of them had $5,000 for their divorce attorney retainer. Every I watched it. Oh my God. Yeah. Every, and, and didn't question it. Like that was fact. That was law. Well, we need the 5,000 for the divorce attorney, but we're not going to put in even a thousand dollars or $2,000 into marriage counseling. And I thought about it and I was young at the time. So I wasn't in grained in in psychology mentality. And I looked at it and I was like, you know what? And I am generalizing here. I'm probably going to tick a lot of people off, but I'm okay with that because this was true for me. I was like the, in general, the profession of law values their services more 
than the profession of psychology. And when I say values their services, meaning they they had more self-confidence to charge their worth. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yes, some attorneys do some pro bono work. For sure. It's yeah. just like, you know, a general mentality that there is a s- substantial billable hour for whatever attorney you're going to work with. That's very true. That's a great and point. I, so like, you know, at that time it was a ma- master's level was charging whatever, give or take a hundred bucks a session and PhD level was 125. Yeah. And I was, and like, as a master's level, you wouldn't dare charge 125. That was only for the, the PhD. Right. Right. And I was like, well, what if I raised my rates and what if I charged more or what if I charged in packages, which again, the insurance companies wouldn't let you do. And so I just realized, Gina, you are expecting hurting people in a desperate situation to value your services more than you're willing to. It's kind of like the woman date. Like, it's like, I want someone else to love me more than I'm willing to love myself. And I was yeah. like, I am standing in this. I like, I have just as basically just as much education as any attorney out there. I choose, I believe in transformation. Now I have to value my services. So I raised my rates to $115 an hour. And the nerve too close to those phds as this master level but i was headed that in that direction and the and nerve I, of you <laughs> the nerve the nerve the arched eyebrows you should have seen them oh and especially yeah in christian counseling come on people mm, mm-hmm. and and then that's when i just i just realized it's not about the external it's about the internal and when we value ourselves and take a stand that that's then who we work with. And I also had to realize that there, look, there are a lot of really beautiful services for free and low dollar, you know, there's Jewish family services, Catholic social services, there's, a, you know, and I just thought, just because someone has money doesn't mean that they're in less emotional pain. And so if somebody has money to, to pay my full rate so that I can get out of the $75,000 of debt that I was in at the time and still living at home with my parents in the suburbs of Detroit at the age of 30, come on, help a sister out. Like we can all find a win-win here. So I raise my rates. We have a recurring guest in our podcast um, who is was the executive director of a, a nonprofit. And a line that he said last time we kind of checked in up on him has stuck with me that he, you know, was this, was directing this nonprofit to serve the LGBTQ community within fitness. And then he decided to go to law school. And he said, one of his mentors finally told him because he had the same thing of like, well, if I want to make a difference, I have to do it at my, at completely at, at an expense to every other goal really in my life. And, you know, and he had a mentor who finally said to him, you can do good while still doing well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's, very similar to what you're talking about that like you don't have to necessarily pick and choose or you shouldn't have to. You know, I think that it's, it's everyone needs to go for their highest calling, whatever that is, you know, and, and and I happen to have aspirations that have a certain price tag on them. Um, And, and I don't make those those better. They just are what they are. You know, believe me, I, I like, I love to travel and I love to stay in five-star hotels. Like that is, that's my happy place. I wish I liked camping more than I do. Like I do like, it's like, I, I wished that the whole pop-up camper Instagram life, I wish I like VWs more than I do. It's just not my act. I would be out of a personal alignment. If I was like, you know, Birkenstocks, I want a Birkin. I have a Birkin. Like, it's like, it's like that. <laughs> I'm about it. 
And I don't have any judgment on anyone. I hope no, you yeah. judge me. It's like, you know, That's like great. you do you. So if, if <laughs> your salary affords you your life of pleasure and contribution and is in alignment and it's $50,000 a year, it's $80,000 a year, like you don't need to go get a different career. I right. did. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's like the catch is we think that if someone has a different alignment goal, that that is like better or worse, or that there's like this hierarchy and, you know, plenty of people are so happy living that van life. I'm with you. I just, Claire, what? That, I'm going to die of that. I'm going to like laugh about that joke forever. I don't want Birkenstocks. I want to Birk in. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I am like about that's a line in my book. <laughs> I mean, I am Team Birkenstock personally. Yeah, and Claire's what, that. I think, I'm you. I, I, yeah, I think, but I think that a big piece to that, especially when people, and I think especially women, hear other women saying like, "Hey, I didn't want that life, and so I here's how I got this other life." What they a lot of times hear is. I didn't want that life because it's stupid and crappy and like no one should want it. And so everyone come over here and look at these other goals you should have instead. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that's a great point. It's like, I love also you saying like, I kind of wish that I wanted to go camping more. You know, I don't think we hear that version of it very often of like, I, yeah, I do have these expensive tastes. Sometimes I wish I didn't have these expensive tastes. Life might be a little bit simpler if that weren't the case. Absolutely. You know, like, here's what I'm about. I'm about financial relaxation. And 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 you got to pick your own number on that. And, and there's, you know, I could care less about how much money is in someone's bank account, or, you know, it's, it's about, I'm obsessed with pleasure, about living life based on pleasure. And to me, meaningful work is pleasurable. Um, spending time with my husband is pleasurable. Um, for And then for me, it's travel. It's travel, it's cooking, it's food, it's fashion. And so, um, you know, look, at if I love a sweater from Zara, I'll be all about it. And if I love a sweater from Hermes, then it's that. So it's really for me about having the being financially relaxed enough to be able to make the choice that I like. You know, s- s- sometimes I love a steak and you know, I order PF James all the time. I think that's really such a good point because I'm so much like you and Claire's like so happy with living that Birkenstock camping. And I kind of wish that I, like there's times where I really wish I was like more like that, but I'm just not. And it's just, it's okay. And I'm, I'm over here like deciding how much to spend. Like my husband went ice climbing this past weekend and he ice came climbing. Home- yes. Climbing with ice axes on ice, ice like a like Edward for his longevity. Yeah. I mean, I would have gone with him if I didn't have to watch our kids. And yeah, she's she's gone plenty of times. I know I'm with you, Gina. Everybody I'm like, makes that face. It's like yeah. not as hardcore as it sounds. It, it uh, is, though. <laughs> you're tough. I live in Miami. Yes, it is. <laughs> I yes. definitely like live in that live in this world. But and so I just kind of take for granted, like, yeah, like every people I claim, but all that to say that like, I think it's also funny because now, you know, I'm the person who will spend the extra money to like get the, um, the ski vacation, the what? He did sleeping bag. Oh, I mean, that sounds like it might be heavy. So probably not, but like, (laughs) no, I know I'm just joking. Um, right. But like, there are, there are still ways that I, 
you know, oh, I want to, if we're going to go on a ski vacation, I want to spend the extra money to buy the lesson package that'll get me on the lift before everyone else. Like there is that version, no matter what your kind of genre is, you know? And I think like the idea of fashion, like I, you know, I mean, this is the most put together ever. Like I know people out there can't see me. I actually showered today and curled my hair. This is like a once in a week occasion (laughs) for me. And it's um, true. It's true. I I live a life where I can get away with that. And that's great. And that's what I want. Um, but I, I feel like Joey was about to go down this bunny, this, this rabbit hole as well. But I know that it's not just about, you know, kind of standing up one day and saying, okay, this is enough. I want to go in a different direction. And I think that a lot of people see that moment. And especially lately with this, like, quote unquote, great resignation and, you know, people really taking the opportunity of the last two years and the way that our world has changed to make really dramatically different decisions for their lives. It's that moment of decision and of clarity can be really romanticized, but then there that just kicks off. You know, it's not like you just kick off into this montage and then like the song ends and you're where you want to be. So let's hear a little bit more about, I know that, you know, this, the process is really where you live. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like a good destination too. I'm not going to lie, but the, the the journey begins with the first step for sure. And I think the biggest mistake that people make is thinking that, and also not the biggest mistake people make, the biggest mistake women make is thinking that they have to know what every step is to get to that destination. Guys aren't like that. Guys give themselves way more permission. They don't have to know it all. They don't have to have every duck lined up. Uh, before they give themselves permission to try something out, go in a new direction, take a leap. And so, yes, I think that for with this great resignation and women like waking up to what am I doing with my life? Like, how do I actually desire to do life, motherhood, career, lifestyle? Where do I want to live? Like, what do I like? I don't know a woman who isn't asking herself that hasn't been asking herself that for at least a year, year and a half, and continues to live in the question. You know, um, for the past 15 years, I've primarily been a business coach. And I've loved it because so much of my own story was needing to be around transforming my own relationship with money. And so teach what you want to learn. And, um, you know, 2020 was a very, very difficult year for so many, and just a heart wrenching year for so many. And it was that was not my personal experience. I had empathy and compassion for those that were going through that. Um, 2020, because I was in the coaching and seminar business, and I also did launch my book March 3rd of 2020. Like, I, <laughs> if you wait 20 years to write your first book, launching the week of a global pandemic, eh, um, it actually turned out. <laughs> Don't recommend it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have thought. And yet all I did was I saw the world shutting down. I remember Tony Robbins said in any crisis, most people, you know, go under and there's a small group of people that rise to the top. And I just, I I caught it right at the beginning. I was like that first, I'm like, I'm rising to the top. What does that mean? Oh, shut down your global book tour. Okay. Oh, shut down all of your, your global seminars. Oh, okay. And we went global and everything Mm -hmm. went on Zoom. So like, 
Yeah. My biggest expenses evaporated and my profits went through the roof. 2020 was financially and and from a contribution standpoint, one of my best years yet. So I was like, this is amazing. Um, you know, the, the book tour would have been great, but honestly, it would have been a very expensive vanity project to like stand in the room, put my hand on my hip and be like, you know, hug someone and sign a book. Like, yeah. or I can go on a, po- so I had no podcast booked, went out, did a pivot, went on a podcast tour instead. Like how many more thousands and thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of I So many. Right yeah. Right. So, and then 2021 came around. I am answering your question. I promise. So 2021 came around and January was doing one of my normal business launches and nothing, nothing was working. Nothing was going right. I couldn't, and all of a sudden I couldn't have been less interested. Like the launch, the numbers were lower than ever. I was working harder than ever. My self-esteem was getting hit because I'm sitting there watching all my colleagues and they're blowing it up and they're getting bigger numbers than ever. And I'm like, oh my God, am I a fax machine? Am I no longer relevant? Why is nobody signing up? What is happening? I cried every single day of January, 2021. February of 2021, I did not cry every day. I sobbed because like life as I knew it was ending and over like my, my business model as I knew, like every, I I moved, I wasn't living in the same spot. Friends were, friends were ghosting me, people who clearly were not meant to be in my life. My business was just like shutting down left, right, and center. The only thing that remained consistent in my life in February of 2021 was my husband. And then March of 2021, my father unexpectedly went into the hospital. And it's so cliche. I'm sorry, but it's a true story. So I'm going to stand by it. So I go and I sit at my elementary school teacher father's bedside, like Bob Ratliff, who taught elementary school for 32 years in the same classroom and actually like taught the kids of his kids. Like he is, he is that guy at every single, took me sledding, piano lessons, ballet, the whole thing. And I'm sitting there looking at this man. I'm like, is he going to make it? Like, is this the end? What has happened? And then right then and there, I surrender. And I surrendered to God, my life, my, my life is normally easy. It's my career is my trigger point. So it's like career and money are my like, eh, I think I'll, I'll keep watching this one. Thanks God. You can have the rest. <laughs> it's like, I finally surrendered it all. And to surrender does not mean to give up. It means to give over to. And I handed God my life. And I just said, I'm going to stop resisting. Clearly, this is not what you want for me any longer. Show me what else. Show me what's next. And I'll be there for it. Just make sure I really like it. (laughs) Just please make sure I like it. Yeah. (laughs) And... And so the rest of 2021, it was, you know, I wasn't resigning from a job, but I was resigning from life as I knew it and business as I knew it. And we shut down all of my business building programs by June. I went on a motorcycle ride with my husband around the Great Lakes because, you know, that's what a girl from Michigan, I guess, does when she's like living in the question and, and really letting myself live in the question. And here's the actual answer that not need to know the outcome not need to know the outcome, being more aware than ever of what feels good, what really feels like a yes to me, besides practicality, besides logic, besides what looks responsible to someone else's financial planner or grandfather or whatever, and just really getting into what else is possible and what else am I meant for? And so I, I don't have the answer yet, just, <laughs> but I have so much more joy and so much more peace and so much more faith. And I know that that first mountain 
if it was that great, that the second mountain is meant to be even greater. And that's that's the one that I'm climbing right now. Internally, metaphorically, only zero physical exertion required. Oh, I think a lot of people are going to relate to that. I won't go into my story just because I already told it on the podcast, but listeners know, and I'll just tell you briefly that last year I was kind of in a similar situation where I was just like in this really toxic workplace and ended up leaving and had to just surrender everything. And in my life, I'm very, I'm very similar to you, like career, job, work, that's who I am. I identify a lot with that. And I had to just let it go and be like, all right. And you can almost, once you let go, you can almost feel how much you were pushing against it. Oh my gosh. The energy, the energy. So so much, but you don't know it till you let go. So you kind of have to just be like, all right, I'm done. (laughs) And once you kind of step back and you have that perspective, you're like, holy moly, was I really pushing against that? Here's the thing. I was holding on to my business building career like I was not letting this go. You want to know the real kicker? I didn't even want to teach business classes anymore. Yeah, and I didn't want that job. Holding on to this thing that I don't even want. I I hated that job. (laughs) I'm like, and this like, what are we like, you know, it's like, I'll see women in relationships too. Like, I'm scared to read. I'm like, you don't even like him. Yeah. You know, like, what are you doing? You're like, you're yeah. scared. I'm scared for you to stay in it. Now, yeah. if I just told myself that. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I was like bawling, crying. And my husband looked at me and he goes, Joy, you hated that job. And I was like, <laughs> I did hate that job. And I- <laughs> but, but, but it was not. Yeah. No, but I was like, but I wanted it to be, yeah. It's like, you kind of, you, you don't want it to ever get a point where you really have to let go. You know, it's like, you almost want more control around this, like the plan. Anyway, I think a lot of people will relate to that. And anyone listening, who's maybe going through something, if you do have the ability to let go and step back and get perspective, man, you will realize how much you were pushing against it. And you don't know until you kind of get out of it. Mm-hmm. And all wise people know this. The new life is always better than the old. The new life is always better, whether it's relationship, whether it's career. I think the the thing is that society teaches us that when, especially when women get to be of a certain age, then it's quote unquote downhill. And so whether it's with relationship or career, or those were my glory days, and I am more obsessed in, if for no other reason, to transform every area of my life to declare that 50 year old women are just like that first, that first act was just preparing us for the real level of greatness that we're meant for. I have this, uh, it's called the Q club, uh, for all things queen. Um, it's a Q club app. And I just declared in there, I stood in there. Now I have a certain level of vanity that I'm unapologetic about, but I went and put on, a bikini and stood in on video and I took pictures and measurements and scale. And I said, here's where I'm at January, 2022. I turned 50 this year and we are G lowing this body. So it's like, literally I'm going to track you my be, the, Cause JLo's what is JLo 53? 53. Yeah. yeah she's I mean, in- look at, if at over at 51, she was swinging on that pole during the Super Bowl with those abs. It's like, the, it, like she, she showed me what a 50 year old body can do. And I'm about to find out. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Are yeah. we going to see you on a pole? <laughs> That's a great idea. That should I, be the, oh, you just gave me the, I'm taking pole dancing classes and for my, yes. I'm Glenn, so excited. I'm so excited to see oh, that. The best idea ever. I am completely doing a pole dancing routine in that bikini by the time I'm 50. Yes. Oh, the Q Club is going to love you. I can't mm. wait. I'm going to get in the Q Club because yes. I need to see that. Yes. yes. And it will oh, not be on Instagram. That is for Q Club eyes only. Q Club only. <laughs> oh my God. I love this so much. All right, well, let's take a quick break to talk about our fantastic sponsor, Ned. We love Ned. I literally use Ned every single night. I look forward to it every single day. It makes such a difference in my sleep. And I was thinking about this the other day, Joy. You know how you always talk about hotel sleep? Yeah. I sleep like crap at hotels. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just really funny. So my, <laughs> I mine is more like the night home in your own bed after being stuck in a hotel sleep. Okay. Every That's time you really say that, funny. I like nod along, but in my head, I'm like, I hate it. Actually, I hate it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's hilarious. I'm like, not never warm enough. The pillows are too soft. I like, can't. That's not great. That's great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I have been using just the straight hemp, uh, 750 milligram. I do really like the sleep blend. I find that the hemp for me is is just as effective and it's a little, a little bit less expensive. So that's the one that I have been gravitating towards. I, we always get the question, like, is it, does it taste, is it supposed to taste, am I supposed to kind of taste like this pot taste? It does kind of taste a little bit a like A little pot. bit. And I'm it's not going to lie. Plant, guys. I'm not going to lie. I do have to do like a shooter of juice after I take it. I, I do have to chase it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I got to have a chaser. <laughs> but I've actually kind of come to appreciate it. Like I kind of look forward to it. So my new nighttime routine, are you ready? So Ooh, I saw your little stand. Tell oh my gosh. I got this cute little stand at the Target $1. Anyway, uh, I brush my teeth. I do my net under my tongue. And then while it's sitting under my tongue, cause you're supposed to kind of leave it. I take my, I like get my vitamin D and my magnesium and I walk into the kitchen and then I swallow the CBD and I take my other vitamins and then I sit down and I have a cup of sleepy time. And like the triple whammy between CBD, magnesium and sleepy time, I have been sleeping unbelievably well. Everyone should Not, do what you, you're doing. You're, you're prescribing this officially. I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I'm kidding. Yes. I'm kidding. No. I'm thinking of Laura Ligos from, she's like, hey, hold on. Stop prescribing supplements. But <laughs> all of that to say, guys, we love Ned. We love the products. We love the founders. We love the company. It's local Colorado. All their hemp is grown in Colorado. They do amazing third-party testing on all of their batches. If you are interested in CBD or if you've been trying CBD and you're like, this doesn't really work, try out Ned because their stuff is really high quality. We love it. And if you want to try one of their new products, the new De-Stress Blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for our audience. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off and a free De-Stress Blend sample. Go to helloned.com forward slash joy or enter joy at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. And thank you guys for supporting the brands that support our podcast. I'm so excited. Okay, I want to switch a little bit because I do want to talk about your book, but I also, you know, whenever we've talked about this, Claire and I have been 
talking for almost 10 years now in terms of podcasting. We've had a lot of conversations around this and Claire gets a, re- a little cringy around a lot of people do around like the word manifesting. Yeah. Way to call me out, Joy. <laughs> oh, I do too. But I, I do too. I think my first reaction sometimes, and I've done like, I've done tons of reading. I mean, I went all out when I was in my thirties on like manifesting the secret Abraham does Hicks. Help at all? Does what? Woman fasting help at all? Sure. No, that's worse. Okay, go worse. Manifest women manifesting. But, you know, I think the, I, you know, so I, I kind of like dove into it in my 30s. And I'd say for like the, I'm 44 now. And I think in the past five to six years, I've kind of like lost steam with it. And wow. I don't know what it is with the word manifesting. You know what it is? I wonder if it's almost like Instagram of people putting up this like picture perfect life to be like, you can have what I have. And it's this perfect picture perfect life and you can manifest. To me, it just feels really shallow. And I feel like it's to me, somehow it's lost the true meaning of what it means to kind of be purposeful about your life. So I want to talk with you about that of just like how you kind of make it meaningful. So when we hear it, it's not like this wooey, we're joining a cult and everyone's just kind of like ignoring all the problems of the world. I don't know. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I see you. Yeah. I see you with this. So there's a couple of things. One, it's really important where we receive our information because there's an energy. So I'm going to get a little woo. There's, there's an energy and there's okay. a vibration to yeah. that. Right. And, and there's an association to it. So because so what right, let me let me let's use like a really polarizing word. Are, are either of you a Christian? I grew up Catholic, so I'm okay. like in the world, okay. but I'm not right. practicing. I, I, yeah. like, there's a charge around the, that word, would you say? I mean, oh, just, totally. For okay. sure. Like, For sure. So like there's the word Christian, just like there's the word manifesting. And there's like the Bible thumpers. And if you don't John 316 it all the way and you're going to hell. And by the way, give all your money to the church and and don't, you know, follow the scriptures, but I'm going to be the most judgmental, critical, domineering preacher on the planet. There's those Christians. And then there's other Christians that love you as you are and are there to help provide insight or wisdom or peace if you're looking for that and the place where you can actually feel really seen and heard and loved. And so, I think that's sort of the same thing with manifesting. It's like, where are you, but where are you getting the information from? I really can, that, that fits. That definitely fits because I think that, you know, when we think of manifesting, I'm probably going to offend people. I think of like the rich white girl who has all everything given to her. And she's like, look what I manifested. And you're like, really? Did you though? Right, right. So yeah, so I think that there's an association. And there is always, um, you know, especially with your therapeutic and mental health background, there can be a bit of a, how do I want to say it? There's a glossing over a bit. There's a bit of For sure. paint over some actually really profound concepts, you know, For sure. meditation could be another one, you know, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's an ancient practice. And I'm pretty sure there's a couple of millennials out there that are convinced they invented it, right? They're like, have you tried meditation? And it's like, yeah, but since before you were born, heard of this crazy you know, new thing, 
<laughs> so, right? It's like when the Enneagram became all popular and I was like, oh my God, I took a training on that like 20 years ago. Like, stop <laughs> making it popular. Yeah. So, you know, like we can be excited that the younger generation is also excited um, and, and has a particular form of communication around it. However, don't let it rob you of, quite frankly, the ancient power of, of true, true manifesting. What I love about manifesting is to me, it's a spiritual version of creation. I am not into the hustle and grind, the make it happen, the take the, take the bull by the horns, you know, massive action. The, all of those words will immediately put my body into shutdown and I'm, I'm going to get tired and just look for a shibboleth. Like, it's just like all of that, none of it's inspiring to me. But manifesting to me lets me connect with the divine. And if the divine is my source and source is access to infinite possibility, I'm excited about that. And, and quite frankly, I don't need to make it all happen in my life. I'm fully available for the miraculous. I'm totally available for the, the, the quantum, the, the exponential world. And that doesn't happen when you're pounding the pavement. To me, that only happens when you're open spiritually. So I don't know how much time. So um, you want to hear a manifesting story? You want to hear about my first financial miracle? Yeah, for sure. I'm, okay. I'm I mean, here for it. Like, what are you going to do? I'm on your podcast as a guest. You'd be like, no, actually, that doesn't sound interesting. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> tell me about money. I really hate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll try and make this go fast. But I think that this is just to, to let's like reprogram the concept of manifesting. So I was what I was in my early 30s. I was $75,000 in debt. The I had just moved out of my parents house in Detroit from being a psychotherapist to now being a self-declared life coach. I've seen my father cry two, three times in his life. One was when his mother died, I was six. Two was when he dropped me off at college. And three was when I left Miss Michigan when I was making $2,000 a month to go to California to become a life coach, right? He was like, but you've worked so hard in your license and your degree. And I'm just sitting there telling myself, I'm working 75 hours a week. I'm $75,000 in debt, living off of $2,000 a month. I got to roll the dice and take a gamble on me. I don't know what's in California, but it's got to be better than this. I was going for geographical cure. Absolutely. So off to California, I go. Now I'm living in a little apartment in Santa Monica, and I am now a self-declared life coach. And so rather than being consistently broke on my $2,000 a month, I get to be neurotically broke because I created a $6,000 life coaching package with life coach extraordinaire right here. So it was really exciting because any day of the week, someone could sign up for a $6,000 package. And it sounds really sexy, except when you sell one every mm, four to six months. Okay. So there I am it, down to $100 in my bank account, totally depressed, didn't have any friends at the time. Family wasn't speaking to me. That's a whole nother Oprah. Remember the Italian Sicilian thing? We're going to you know, address that later. <laughs> so, no family connection going on at the time. And like literally did not know how I was going to make money. Credit cards were shot, ruined. I prayed, dear God, show me a way. I get a call from a friend of a friend in Australia. Never heard of the guy before. He said his name was Bob. Also, not my dad, though. Anyways, he was friends with my friend Grace, who lived in Australia. He said, I just came to, I have a really bad Australian accent, otherwise I'd try to imitate it. Uh, just came to LA. I'm going to a seminar. Do you want to join me? 
It was free. I had no friends, didn't know what the seminar was. Sure, Bob. So I put $20 of gas from my $100 into the car, drive down from LA to Orange County, walk in kind of a little excited. There was a seminar. I'm like going to learn something. That's cool. I walk in and I'm looking around and um, there are people buzzing around. They seemed happy. I'd been depressed for so long. That seemed weird. Then I go to the check-in table and I get my three ring binder, put it under one arm. And then I look at it and I was like, it's the science of getting rich. I'm like, oh God, now I've, I've just fallen into one of those California cults that my parents in Michigan always warned me. They're like, is this Scientology? Christians are going to go nuts. The <laughs> science of getting effing rich. Are you kidding me? And then they hand you a book and a three ring binder and a yellow highlighter. And then I'm looking around at the check-in table and there were these stacks of DVDs. Yes, this was 2004 people. And um, four or five. anyways, and I look at it and it said the secret. And I'd been hearing about the secret and people were talking about the secret. And I don't normally stand that long in front of a $20 purchase. But when it is 20% of your net worth, you're going to take a beat and you're going to consider, do I go for this or not? And I was like, well, why not? So spend $20 on the secret, add that to my collection of cult classics. And now have $60 in my bank account, go into the seminar, sit in the back, because I am not going to be talking to these crazy Californians who are high-fiving each other and like hugging each other. And like, clearly we're high on life. And I was just like, let me take my depression and my bad mood and my broke assness to the back and I'll just take notes and peace out. So then this dude comes out, clearly 189 years old, Bob Proctor, in case you don't know who I'm talking about. Oh, I totally know Bob Proctor. Silver hair, three-piece suit. I start to relax because <laughs> he looked like all the preachers from all the churches I went to in Detroit. I'm like, this is going to be okay. And then he opens up the seminar and says, unless you are incredibly wealthy, you will never live a fulfilled life. Oh, God. Oh, God. Cult for sure. Cult for sure. I, I got to go. But like, my brain is like, get out of here. This is Satan's work. And my soul is like, freedom. I'd never heard anyone say this. My soul knew this had to be true. Because unless I, like, money was the thing that was ruining every part of my life. So I was like, so I'm just, I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to hold to my integrity. I am not selling my soul for this. And then everything he started saying, like, there's no lack of money in the world. There's no lack of clients in the world. There's like enough for everyone, just like air. That, and it's like going on and on. I'm like starting to feel my vibration raise. I'm starting to like actually not be depressed, but feel like mildly okay. And then he's teaching the different concepts and all these different like universal laws. And I'm just like, what's that? But it just means that there's more than enough for everybody. Was, I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And so then I was like re- getting my vibration like it was just like feeling great and I was feeling open and like this everything about this made sense to me and then he right then there in the middle of the seminar I just had that clarity we talked about making a decision before and a decision means to cut and I made the decision that I would never again struggle financially and I also made the decision that I would never again say I'd love to but I don't have the money that was the queen hey Gina want to go to I'd love to but I don't have the money Gina want to take a trip I'd love to but I don't have the so never again never again like I didn't know how I didn't need to know how this was my declaration to my own self my soul and this was it this was it I was now going to have a life it was one of those multi-speaker events so the next speaker that comes up a woman this is amazing. This is great. She also was not 189 years old. And so I just knew that whatever she was going to buy, I was going to buy it. Or sell, she was going to buy it. And she goes and she makes her pitch and she does her talk. And like, this is great. And like, I am so her next client. And then she pitches a $17,000 coaching program. Okay. So I didn't have $17,000. I didn't know anyone who ever had $17,000 at one time in their life. And 
thirdly, if I had $17,000, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't need a coach because clearly I would have solved all the mysteries of life if I had seven dollars to change. Like that was Gina at this time to give you. So, But however, I just said I would never again struggle financially and I would never again say I'd love to, but I don't have the money. And and so I, I walk up to her on the break and she's super tall. And I was like, hi, I'm Gina. I'm your next new star, star student. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to sign up for your program. I just got one question. Do you do a payment plan? I'm like, a payment plan? What did I do? What? Like I've got a corporate paycheck and inheritance coming right. in. Like, what else? Hey, what am I going to do for a payment plan? <laughs> and she says, no. And this is the problem with rich people. They don't understand that if they would just let me into the program for free, I would be the most amazing testimonial. For, like, come on, doesn't everyone get my logic? So this rich bitch was going to need to be taught a lesson. So I go and fill out all 16 digits of my debit card with expiration date, hand it to her assistant. And I said, you give me two weeks before you run that card. And then there was another speaker and she had a $10,000 program and I bought that too. And then I went and put my three ring binder of the science of getting rich under one arm and the secret under the other and drove myself back to LA with all the manifesting tools that I was taught at that workshop. I see myself with $30,000 in two weeks. I can feel $30,000 in my bank account. I see myself being coached by these coaches. In two weeks, I see in my Wells Fargo checking, I'm doing the visualization, the emotionalizing, the auto-suggestion over and over. And my then boyfriend, now husband is like, Gina, what are we going to do with you? No, no, no. We will speak nothing other than the complete and total manifestation of the said reality. In five days, I see myself with $30,000. In four days, I see myself with a... Three days in two days. Well, in two days, I was running out of time and I had a one day intensive with a client. We're going to call him Joe. And Joe was there, clearly not for business coaching at the time. Uh, this was the marriage coaching era, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I knew that. So I was just working on Joe with his wife and his, on his marriage. And um, it was the end of their package of their six months. And um, he's like, Gina, this has been great. And I was like, great, Joe. He's like, our marriage is fantastic. Worth great, Joe. I'm like, I got 24 hours for my situation. I was like, and he's like, you know, I've been wanting to ask you something. I was like, what is it, Joe? And he's like, I'm thinking I should have you coach my sales team. I'm like, ah, I knew he was like a wealthy businessman, but I didn't know what he did. And I tried to do everything over the course of six months to not let anything touch a business conversation because I needed him to know that I was not an idiot when it came to marriage coaching, but I was in terms of everything business. So I was like, oh God, I just like, I was almost clean, free and clear. So what do you sell, Joe? That sounds like a smart business question, right? I was really proud of myself. Like I was like entering the ring and he says, basement waterproofing. Really, God? Really? I did not look that differently than I do today. Basement waterproofing sales director? Are you kidding me? I'm like, what is even happening? Well, how many people are on your basement waterproofing sales team, Joe? Another smart question. Like, I'm just like scoring. I'm like Brady over here. Just like amazing. And he says 10. I'm out. I was done with my business questions and my business inquiry. I didn't know anything about sales. I didn't know he or she who talks first loses. Didn't know anything. All I knew is that I had not another question in me. He says, so what do I do? Buy 10 of those $6,000 packages of yours? Joe. Of course, that's exactly what you do. And in two weeks, not 30, but $60,000 was manifested into my bank account. So I was able to buy my coaching programs 
and take a trip to San Tropez and pay off a little of the debt. That's unbelievable. That's like almost unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so do you like manifesting any better now? Yes. I feel like I feel like I've always honestly, honestly, like in my mind, I like privately like to think about that stuff. But it's just like scares me when I start to say things out loud that I'm just like, is it like, is it real though? Is it, like I question, maybe I'm just a questioner. And well, it's not like a make it real for you. Yeah, it's not like a dowdy thing. It's just more like, I don't know, like my f- feet are on the ground. It's it's very weird. Claire, do you know what I'm trying to say? Why doesn't <laughs> buy into stuff? <laughs> Neither do you. I, but I, yeah, that's fair. But I think that, I, but I don't, I think the difference between Joy and I is like, I don't have a desire to buy into it. <laughs> so, and I do, Joy, I do, like, I want to buy do. into it, but I don't want to be the type of person who's, who buys into stuff. I'm fine with just owning that. I don't, you know, I'm like, you know what? Manifestation feels like something that I, this is similar. A couple of years ago, we had a psychic on the podcast. Oh yeah. And it was yeah. a similar conversation of like, yeah, you know, similar. I don't really believe. I totally believe in that stuff. I don't really believe in that stuff, but like, it doesn't bother me that other people believe in it. You know, I, I don't see any harm in other people doing it just for me. Like it doesn't resonate. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, right. Like I'll go, I'll go down a different path. I will not, you know, up a nice mountain. yeah, I'll go up a nice mountain. It'll be great. I will not, you know, seek the, the, um, the guidance of my dead ancestors. I, you know, will not declare $30,000 in my bank account at the end of two weeks. Fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> like I don't need that stuff. And I think for me, like something I was really thinking about as we were coming into this conversation is like when, I mean, I have definitely been very around the manifestation conversation. Like I used to work in a job where I would set up marketing um, plans for like the, do you know who like Ariel Ford is? Like a lot of like the early kind of, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So like she was a client of ours, like a lot of, um, you know, kind of the early like secret adapter and, you know, folks. So like, I, and I think that um, I see that stuff and I'm like, you know, like if we we want to talk about Ariel Ford as an example, like really put a toothbrush, like this was when she was doing all of her like lover, you know, attracting Mm -hmm. stuff. It was like, really buy a second toothbrush and put it out to like attract your soulmate. Mm -hmm. Like that sounds like a, like if I went to someone's house and they were like, I have a toothbrush for you. I'd be like, do you also have a suit made of skin? Like (laughs) I am out of here. (laughs) I just, I don't, but I think that like, I have a hard time coming into it with an open mind because I feel like there is so much in the world. Who am I to like declare these? Can I manifest like the end of world hunger or something like that to, you know, like sure. that that's kind of where I get tripped up. And I think, you know, we were talking before this, before our episode about, Hey, you know, like, let's talk about goal setting. And I think right now people have a hard time wanting big things for their future because the future seems really scary. Yeah. Like yeah. the world's suffering yeah. and, you know, like the, I, and I know it's kind of like all how we think about it too, but it's just like, it's hard. I don't want to be dismissive about like the crap that's going on like, in the world global and like warming and, and like, like the fires just that just yeah, happened like, in Colorado that we're just I like, mean, Oh my God, you name it. Like, right. There's a million. Why am I focused every- on me? You know, it's like, yes. it's There's so more weird. More examples every day. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So a couple of things. One is 
I love sharing that story. That was my first financial miracle. And I want it to be an inspiration to people. I also understand that depending on what mindset you're in, like Gina, 10 minutes before then could not have, I would have looked, I would have either rolled my eyes, totally believed the person speaking was lying straight up, um, or fine, she got lucky and that happens to other people, but not me. So this is not a shameless plug. I do. I'm going to send you to my book. I want everyone else to get it. Yeah, I'm so excited. It really is. It shows manifestation opportunities, large and small, whether it's getting the great parking slot in front of the farmer's market to whatever, whatever. And I, we don't have time to go through all of them, but I can so many stories are in there. Like when I couldn't pay my $75 cell phone bill and how I manifested that money. And, the, and to answer your, your question, Claire, about like, can, can I end world hunger? Like, can I manifest that? Like, I, clearly you would care more uh, about that. So there's spiritual principle is ask and it is given. So on the spiritual level, our job is to ask, to ask for food on our table to be able to pay our bills and world hunger, be able to buy a coaching program, whatever they ask is <clears throat> on the spiritual level. And this is a little, this is a little in the toothbrush world. It's already done. Okay. Like it, it's been given. So, well, if it's been given, then how come we don't see an end to world hunger? I asked for that. So everything has a frequency to it. And let's say, um, Claire, do you care about organic food? Yes. Okay. Got it. I got it. I gave that away earlier with a Birkenstock comment. (laughs) Right on. Okay. So Claire, do you think that there's a different, different frequency between Imperial margarine butter and uh, Horizon organic butter? A frequency? Mm-hmm. Now you're speaking like a woo language that I don't okay. normally go well, down, well, which is okay. You it's say, okay. What's, what's the difference? How would you describe the difference between imperial margarine butter and a high vibe right. organic butter? Like Erewhon, Claire. I think Erewhon. I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking like the, you know, clarified Himalayan sea salt ghee. I have yes. in my, in my pantry. <laughs> I think I would say, you know, I mean, at the very basic level, like this is a more, this is a healthier choice. Okay. And it's probably going to help your, you know, help your body function and without your body having to to work so hard okay. to process whatever it is you're eating. Okay. Do you eat meat? Yeah. Okay. So the difference between a McDonald's burger and a grass-fed right. beef burger. Sure. I mean, you're talking to someone who has a free range grass-fed entire cow in her garage. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> so, do you, would you consider the McDonald's burger, maybe low vibe and the grass fed more high vibe. Totally. I mean, I wouldn't describe it like that, but I, and I'm, I feel like I'm holding tight to this. Like I don't say the word vibe, but I I totally, yes, I agree with you. And I see what you're getting at. I do think that like, there are very different things that are invoked when I think about or imagine, you know, everything from the supply chain to the act of digesting those yeah. two different substances. How about low quality and high quality? Yes. Okay. So a scientific way of saying low quality and high quality is low vibe and high vibe and vibe is vibration. And so vibration is frequency. So just like when you go and tune your radio to like 88.1, it's a, you're tuning into a frequency there. And it's different than 104.7. It's just, it's a different frequency. And so 
you know, you don't have to believe this, but th- there is science that, that can help prove it, that can kind of make it a little more grounding, that there's an actual vibration to like they like science meters can go put a, a measuring tool of sorts up to a McDonald's hamburger and up to a grass fed burger. And they're going to be a different vibration. They're going to be at a different spot on the radio frequency. Does that make sense? Like they, so yeah, totally. And then I'm nodding. Like people can see this. You think okay. after <laughs> podcast listeners, we're, we're enthralled and in it. <laughs> so what has to happen is we must be the vibrational match to what we have asked for. So for example, when I was broke and $75,000 in debt and my $2,000 a month, I was at a $2,000 a month frequency. I wanted to be at a $10,000 a month frequency. That was the desire. And I had asked for it, but I didn't have it because emotionally, energetically, my vibe was at two grand, not at 10 grand. Now, everyone listening, be clear. This doesn't mean that somebody at 10 grand is better than someone at two grand, okay? This means that in this area of my life, I had a low frequency around receiving money. It was connected to my own self-worth. My vibe was low. I was in McDonald's world in terms of being insecure about charging my worth, not knowing who I am, feeling like it was wrong to receive money. All of that is a vibration. And the only difference between people does not make them better, does not make them more integrous, does not make them more talented Somebody who is allowing 10 grand a month to come in has a higher frequency, a higher availability to receiving that. They have less judgment, less interference, less static, if we want to use the radio analogy. So they're able to tune it in more clearly. That makes total sense. Yeah. Let me just, let me interject really quick. Oh, go ahead. Please. No, no, no. Because I want to, I want to make it clear too, that I'm like, oh, I have a little bit of a confession to make sure that. I am clear about how much I really do. Like I, I'm very interested and I want to buy in. I listened every single day because I had to, because I knew that this was the only thing that was going to get me by while I was out of a job and scared. I listened every single day to an Abraham Hicks podcast episode because I that, like I have tons of like readings and books and I, I know all of it. But it was like, I am so scared that if I don't really like get myself somewhere in the middle I'll just drown and I like will never work again and I'll be too like whatever. I'll be in a really negative place. And that was the only thing that got me by. And so I do like have it in me to get to that place of just being like, Joy, you've if you want to have a better situation. And the funny thing is, is the job that I, that I was in, I was miserable and hated it and everything was negative and I was negative. And it's like, oh, the universe was like, poop, you're not in there anymore. Like I'm getting you out of here. Then I got into the place where like literally every day in the summer, that's I, I was just listening to it religiously because I'm like, I've got to like really mm-hmm. digest this into my bones. It truly like saved me on some days where I was like the lowest of the low. Because I was like, you just well, have to find the vibrational match. <laughs> manifest away then, sister. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, Gina, what where I'm talking about too is I think there's that the block that I will work on is like that I like the asking for too much and don't be greedy and like all those things where I'm like, oh, I've seen like Kim Kardashian manifesting. She does vision boards. All the girls on Selling Sunset, I freaking love that show. They manifest and like they're living my dream life. Like, (laughs) so that is like the gap that I think I have of just being like old beliefs of be grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. Why do you need this like 
great life. But yet last week on the podcast, Claire and I talked about if we had all the money in the world, we'd have a private jet because that's like, really, we we were on one once. And we were like, that was the best experience of our life. We never want to fly anything different. So (laughs) so we have, we're, we're dabbling, we're a little farther along than I think that I was letting on Gina. I didn't doubt it for a minute. I, you know, there's such a thing around women, self-permission and self-acceptance, you know, giving ourselves permission to say out loud who we really are unapologetically say what we desire. I, I do talk about in the book too. Um, I don't know how much time we have left here. Yeah. I want to be mindful of your time. So tell everyone about your book too, so we can parlay into that. Yeah. Right, right. I'll tell the story. So there was a time when I was like, okay, got my business off and running. It's all women's empowerment, all based on the the book of Esther, actually, about being the queen of your life. That's it comes from that story. Jews don't from Purim, Christians don't from the Bible. Anyone else, it's a cool Cinderella story. It's like that. I was like then starting to hear like these entrepreneurs that were like leaping out of bed in the morning to do their work. And I was like, I'm not leaping out of I mean, like it's meaningful work, it's important. Like I'm like it's you know, it's necessary, but leaping out of bed. And I was like, and I kept hearing it. And this is like early internet marketing and I wasn't digging it. And and I was like, what would actually have me want to leap out of bed in the morning? If I knew I was going to Italy, I would leap out of bed that morning. If Positano was in my horizon, yes. And I was like, Gina DeVe, you you cannot say that out loud. Like that is career suicide. Like if you, if people think that you're about anything other than spirituality, personal development, women's empowerment, the substantive stuff, helping people, like you are going to look like shallow lifestyle. Totally. 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 I was like, this this cannot get out. This secret is not getting out. And what you resist persists. Right. Right. And I was like, Nothing would have me want to leap out of bed in the morning other than going to Italy. So I saved up the money to buy the tickets and then the hotel and this and that. And then I finally knew I was going to Italy. And so I went and, um, well, I guess it's kind of important. It's one of, it's a, it's a big story in the book. So then I, I had all the money for all of the bills, which was part of my pattern. And then it was like a week before we were leaving. And I was like, oh, I did it again. My husband's like, what? And I was like, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but like I made all the money for all the like logistical stuff, but there's no money left over for shopping. And I believe me, I know what this sounds like and you can judge, but you will be left behind if you do, because there's an important point in this. <laughs> You'll be and, left so, behind. <laughs> and he's like, how much money do you need for shopping? And out of my mouth goes 20,000. And I was like, you're talking to a woman who's used to making $24,000 a year. Like, this is not like, you know, like, and he's like 20,000. He's like, uh, well, then go and make 20000 I was like, what? In a week? And so the short version, you can read, I, I went and made 20000 in a week and I went to Italy. I had the time of my life and I went shopping and I spent $20,000 in about 10 minutes because that's all it takes at Valentino on the Isle of Capri. And I sent out a newsletter and I was like, oh, I don't even know if I want people to know that I'm here because like this was like pre-social media. But anyways, I sent out a newsletter of me, a picture in Italy, kind of like nonchalantly mentioned that we were there, sort of scared talked about a few things, hit send, you know, hit under the the couch, totally thought people were going to throw tomatoes in my face. Like you shallow materialistic, blah, blah, blah. I started getting the emails back. Oh my gosh, I want to go to Italy. You're reminding me of like that love. And I want to go to Italy too. And another woman was like, I don't want to go to Italy, but I want to go to Costa Rica on a yoga retreat. And I remember a woman from England wrote me. She's like, I don't want to travel anywhere. I just want new curtains for my kitchen. And what it showed me is this concept of queenhood 
is yes, about developing ourselves in a very substantive way internally, and also allowing ourselves a really beautiful lifestyle in whatever form that looks like for any woman. Like God has placed desires in our heart. So here's the thing. I thought it was selfish. I was totally scared to tell people. What I didn't, what God, remember, God doesn't give me like the A to Z. Like I'm only trusted with like the next maybe one to two steps. Like I have worked up a trust factor for like more around the cornerness. And so I was doing all this really substantive work, 10 hours a day, everything Queen Esther, Queen Esther for such a time as this and your royal role in life and, you know, getting out of being the orphan girl and exiled and all this stuff that I read about more in the book. I was just talking about something. I hadn't embodied it yet. My brand, my aesthetic, my physicality did not look queenly. And God gave me the archetype of queen to bring forth into the world. Thank God I didn't get monk. God bless all the monks out there. I'm just not into burlap. Like, thank God I got queen, castle, royal robes. It's like, it's a whole thing. It totally and fits. Yeah, that's good. It, and, and it's like, but it all makes sense. And here I thought I was being selfish mm-hmm. to like go for this materialistic stuff that was really meant to be the embodiment, the further extension of my queen brand. Now, again, this was now back in like 2008. My book came out in 2020, The Audacity to Be Queen. Like I like I said, I don't get around. the. I didn't know that was going to be the name of my book. I didn't know all of this stuff. But when you trust the desires of your heart and you have the courage to follow them, you, you, it will be made clear. So... So I'll, I won't save, I won't ask you this question now, but I will ask if it's in the book, because I, I definitely want to read it, is is the about how to follow those like nudges. Because when we're talking about manifesting, it's not like you're just sitting back being like, all right, show me the goods. Like, there has to be that connection to yourself. I'm, I'm assuming that like that you go into that. I'll tell you what, why don't you read the book? Okay. And see if it answers that question. And if it doesn't, then I know what to write my second book on. Okay, great. <laughs> I hope it does. But like, it's my intention that it's in this book. But if it's not doing the job for you, Joy, I got a second book in me. And okay. I'm gonna go in the world. okay, we're going to talk. All right. I'll let you know, after, Gina. After you finish your pole dancing class. Uh, oh, that is happening. Yes, that is just, just everything. Such a gift. So because the listeners cannot miss out on that, please tell them where they can find you. You're at divineliving.com. And then all the yes. socials, I'm assuming, are at Divine Living. Uh, no, actually, Gina DeVee. So here, um, so if you want the book, go to divineliving.com forward slash book. There's some other juicy things you get if you get it there. And it's where all books are sold, Amazon, everything else. Divineliving.com forward slash book. The free companion course to the book. You don't have to buy the book, though I hope you do, but you can get this for free. Divineliving.com forward slash audacity. And then if you want into my Q Club, the Q Club app, go to divineliving.com forward slash app. And if you're on Instagram, follow me at Gina DeVee. And my podcast is Divine Living. And I love your podcast as well. I recently listened to the episode where you were, um, I think you were in Italy. You were somewhere traveling and a bug was like flying. <laughs> oh, you listened to that one. I and you that. were so funny because you were like, I don't have the technology. Like, I don't know the technology to turn this off. But you're just like, a bug just flew on me. It's like a really cute bug, but I just don't want it to be. <laughs> I was in a farmhouse in Piemonte. And yes, that bug flew in. And my team still hasn't taught me how to pause when I record. So you got the but full I, level. 
oh my God, it was so great. And I was like, I'm really going to like her. I'm really going to like her. Uh-huh. So anyway, thank you so much. This really, I mean, for all the questions and kind of like challenges we have, it's really within ourselves. I know that it's just like a reflection of the blocks that we kind of have around it and the beliefs within ourselves. And that's really what I wanted to talk to you about because I know so many people will hear this too and just have those like kind of like cringy moments, kind of like you had before you had your first money miracle. Mm-hmm. And just to to look at that, one of the lessons I'm learning right now just in my own personal life journey is just because I think I know something or a lot or I, I think I know everything about a topic is to keep learning. Um, that's just been something that I noticed recently where I'm like, you always have something more to learn. And it's not that I think I'm a know-it-all, but there are some things where I'm like, oh gosh, I've already heard this before. I've already blah, blah, blah before. And that's just been something that has really been a roadblock for me. So I'm going to take that lesson with this as well and be like, all right, let's see what else. And I can't wait to read your book. So thank you for taking the time. I know we went over, but I really appreciate your time. Oh, my goodness. It's been so much fun. I'm so grateful, so honored to be here. And thank you for having me. Thank you. And to our listeners, you can find us at joyandclaire.com. Find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. We love being here every Thursday. Thank you for being here with us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye.